Well, praise God. Yes, God bless everyone, all you veterans, everything that's been you sacrificed. We thank you. We honor you all this morning. And so get your Bibles out. I'll do what I can do. I'm going to preach. And if you would go to, um, go to Acts chapter 2 again. I want to do a little review, and, and I, I'm wrestling with the Lord on this message this morning because it seems too simple to me. Seems like y'all are all going to walk out the door and go eat lunch and say, oh, preacher, he must have been off this week. Because it's too easy. You know, a lot of times we make things so complicated. In our walk with Jesus, we make things so complicated. We just are always trying to, you know, it, it, it seems like we think that it has to be complicated or it's not going to work. It's like medicine. It has to taste bad or it doesn't work. Right? Have you ever been to the doctor before and they said, look, you know, you've got this, this issue in your life and you, you need to eat two Snicker bars a day. <laughs> never happens, right? You know, never happens. They give you, a, you know, remember as a kid when we were, they, the medicine that they would, you know, you had to take, you know, horror, it was horrible. It was horrible. Why can't they make it taste like grape or something, you know, but it was wicked. But anyway, but we make things complicated because we think it has to be that way. We just can't really grab hold of and grasp that we, have, we serve a, lev, a loving Heavenly Father who loves us. He loved us so much uh, that He went to the cross for us. It was God in Christ, the Bible says, reconciling the world to Himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He was reconciling the world to himself. It was God in Christ. It was God himself that loves you so much that went to the cross, that took the whips, that took the, the beatings, that took the spitting on, that took the scourging, that took being crucified on a cross for you for one reason, because he loved you. And we can't grasp that because we always get into earthly, fleshly, you know, like parent love kind of thing that we're trying to relate God to. And so the only thing you can think of if you had a bad... Uh, family and, you know, parents smacked you around or whatever, you think God's going to be like that with you or, or however, however your, your warped sense in your brain is about love and about God, you just can't grab hold of that he just loves you because he loves you. And take that into our hearts and let it heal us. Let it bring us joy. Let us make, make us feel good. Because then we turn around and we say, well, you know, if God really loved me, then he wouldn't be letting this happen. You know, my life would be perfect. Well, if your life was perfect, you'd never have anything to, 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 to believe God for. You wouldn't need him. Hello? Oh, man, I just got it. Okay, so how many of y'all know that if you give your children everything that they want, what happens? They turn out perfect, right? <laughs> and that's what we want with God. We want him to give us everything we want in life. And if he, if he doesn't, then he doesn't really love us. So then here's another one. So how many of you, when you're growing up, and let's say you were a teenager. Okay, let's put you in the teenage years. You sat at your parents' feet and just asked for wisdom from them and wanted to do everything they said. Huh? Is that, is that y'all? Huh? Yeah, you're going to say that. Yeah, you're going to say it. Lisa's going to say, yeah, since mom and dad are sitting there, I'll just sit right there and ask, what should I do? So we, we're, we're kind of like that as humans, you know? We, we read the scriptures and it says, you know, that we're supposed to, 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 to read the scriptures and learn and grow, but yet we don't really want to sit down at the Father's feet because we really rather Him just do what we want Him to do. Because it's easier on our part. Just give me what I want. Okay. So anyway, God doesn't always do everything the way that we think he should do it. Hello? I think, um, you know, if you want to go read it, you can just go over there and look at it. But in Isaiah 55, God says, verse 8, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and mine are my ways your ways. Right? God has ways that he does things that we don't. That's why they always say, oh, God's mysterious. Who can know him? No, it's not really the truth. You just got to understand, God does things differently than you and I do. And thank goodness. Right? I mean, we all, man, God doesn't act like us. 
okay? So we read this last week in, in Acts chapter 2 that here came the day of Pentecost. All the disciples went in. There's 120 of them. They went to church. They're in the church, and all of a sudden, the Bible says that the sound like a rushing mighty wind came in. It filled the whole house with her, and everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Everybody began to hear them speaking in tongues, could understand what was going on, understand the language they were speaking. They all understood that they were magnifying and giving glory to God. And God started out the new church. All right? He started out, that was the first church. And the first, basically, you want to say church service. God spoke, and it didn't happen like anybody thought. The disciples wanted all the Romans dead. They wanted a plague. They wanted the, the Egyptian plague to come is basically what they wanted. They wanted God to just kill them all, give them their nation back, and the Messiah to come into reign. But no, no, no. God said, no, I'm, I'm doing something better than that. I'm going to go down a cross for all of y'all and, and, and win the whole world in one big one big fell swoop. Again, we're not thinking like God thinks. So the day of Pentecost happens, and everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I went through this last week, and I want to go back over it. You need to listen to the message. It was a good one. But the bottom line is, he said, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. Well, the spirit of God is love. God is love. He said, I'm going to fill you with my love. But I got to tell you, I know a lot of Christians and I know a lot of Pentecostal Christians, and I know a lot of people say they're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I can just tell you, some of them, they ain't walking in much love. So what went wrong? And that's where I'm trying to go in this service. What went wrong? Where do we need to adjust in our walk, in our relationship with God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What do we need to adjust to, to be like truly God is, which God is love? 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you have love, you're the, it's the greatest gift that there is. He says, you can, somebody can move mountains, they can prophesy, they can do all these kind of amazing things, but if they don't have love, they, they're nothing but an old clanging bell. Right? And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be a clanging bell. How many of y'all know if you listen to a bell dinging, like, you know, like the uh, uh, Salvation Army and Christmas, you know, they ding the bell? They just do that to drive you crazy, to put some money in there. Because if you sit there, I don't know how those people do it. I don't know how you could stand there all day long and ding a bell. I would be in bed at night going, ding, ding, ding. No, no. I'd never get rid of it. But he says, that's what you are. If you don't have love, you're just a clanging bell. You're just this noisy, making, ruckus. You're nothing. He says, you got to have love. All right? So I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I need all the help I can in the love area because a lot of times I'm... I, my first instinct as a, as a man and, and how I was raised is not to, not to walk in love. It's to go to war. All right? And so I need all of God coming through me. I need to learn the love walk because I understand if I learn the love walk, then I am going to win all the battles of life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm doing it for a tactical advantage. I want to win. I want to beat the devil at his game. I want to walk in the love of God. I want to walk in the joy of God. I want to walk in the peace of God. And he says, if you can get this, then you can. So God sent the power of the Holy Spirit down. He filled everybody with the Holy Spirit, with power, filled him with their love, with his love. So now jump over to, uh, to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Now, I want to, you had to go back and listen to all the message I preached last week about the Holy Spirit because I don't want to, I don't want to take any time away from moving on down here this morning. Go to John, chapter 15, verse 1. Now, we know these scriptures. You, it's one of those that you can get in trouble because sometimes when you, you get too familiar with the scriptures, you miss what he's saying. So, I'm going to start reading John 15, 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Now just think for a second, just stop and think about this for a second. 
he's literally making the illustration here, you know, that uh, what does abiding mean? You would say a grape hanging on a grapevine, you would say if it's, if it's on there, it's abiding, right? It's abiding on there, it's stuck on there, it's, it's attached on there, or it's dwelling on there, it's living on there, it's, right? But if it falls to the ground, you, your mind immediately says it's, it's not attached to the vine anymore, it's not abiding. He says where you want to stay is hooked into the vine. Are you with me? Everybody say, I want to stay hooked in. Because as soon as you fall off, then you're subject to whatever's on the ground. He said, I want you abiding. If you're going to abide in me, just, I want you, you got to get this word abiding. You got to get what it means. We don't use the word a lot, but if you go and you look up what it means, the word abiding is the Greek word minnow, and it means to remain, to abide, to sojourn, to tarry, not to depart, to continue to be present. To be held, kept, continually, not to perish, to last, to endure. So, I mean, you start to get an idea of what does it mean to abide. It doesn't just mean that you're sitting there. You know, like a shovel is abiding in your shed. It's just sitting there. He said, I don't want you like that. You're not just a shovel leaned up in the corner abiding in the shed. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of my life, a part of my kingdom, a part of the flow, the juice, all the flow coming to you. I want you to be not just existing, but abiding with me so that you're flourishing, right? Once it's off the vine, you're not going to flourish. Okay, so I'm going to go back over here. He says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So there's this place we've got to learn of abiding in Christ where it's the same as the fruit stuck on the vine. You're getting juice every day. You're getting nourishment from heaven every day. You're strengthened every day. Now, most people I find are, are lives are like a roller coaster. They're just down to the bottom, the depth of despair, up, climbing up. Finally, they reach a high point. They're there for just a little bit, and then something else goes wrong, and then they're down. And that's a hard life to live, up and down and up and down. Okay? Some people are just like the straight line on a machine when the heart stops. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no anything. They're just existing. That's not life either. We want to stay in the life of God, the life flow of God. Okay, so we have to abide. So he goes on down and says, uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Folks, listen to me. You have to come to the understanding in life that unless you're in the flow of God without Jesus, you are not really going to get anything accomplished. But according to Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ Jesus, but you can't do anything by yourself without him. All right. Okay. So he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now listen to me. God wants you to bear fruit. God wants you to be such a blessing as a Christian that the glory is going to get back to him. You following me? He wants you. He wants your life. Listen, there is no glory in defeat. I don't care. It's, it is the agony of defeat. I grew up in the years of, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat as a guy flies off. <laughs> Wild world of sports. So everybody, this, uh, the, the older crowd shakes their head. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. The younger crowd's just looking at me like, YouTube it. <laughs> the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. All right? God says, I want you to be successful. 
I want you to be happy. I want you to be full of joy. Even if it's people looking at you saying, that person's got the hardest life I've ever seen, and they're just happy all the time. Are you with me? He says, God gets glory. God gets glory, all right, in you bearing fruit. But he said here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, I never forget the first time my father told me, don't do something, and I did it. Hello? I mean, you, if you know what I'm talking about, you, you still have a ring of truth coming through your ears. Your father said, don't do that. He didn't tell me why not to do it. He just said, don't do it. And I thought, well, hey, you know, what does he know? And I did it, and then to this day, I still have memories, you know, like, don't touch a spark plug. I remember it. <laughs> he always told this story about this guy that he could kill a motor by holding on to the spark plug, you know? And I said, really? I said, I bet I could. He said, no, don't touch it. He said, it'll shock you. You won't like it. Yeah, if somebody else could, I bet I can't. Well, I couldn't. And I think it was the, the skin and all the hide knocked off my elbow that was really the problem <laughs> from jerking my hand. Like, ah! But he told me don't do something, and I did it, and I remember his words. <laughs> Hello? God says, I want to have a relationship with you like that, except I would like you to just obey the word so you don't have to go through the skin off your elbow. And I would like those words to ring in your ears, because if those words, if my words ring in your ears, well, then you're going to find this place where you're going to start bearing fruit and then the fruit's going to remain in you and everything's going to be okay. And that's what I'd like to see in your life. Something good. But sometimes we're like rebellious children. We're not listening to his words. Oh, are, oh, are we though maybe listening to the devil's words? The doubt and unbelief and the fears. You're going down. You'll never make it. Whose words are we listening to? Jesus said, if you're listening to my words, if they're abiding in you, if you abide in my words or my word abides in you, 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 what you desire, it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Stay in the love. Stay in my love. He's saying, look, I love you. My love will heal you. My love will make your crazy go away. My love will do everything. Stay in my love. Stay abiding in my love no matter what. Don't let the devil take you off and make you sad. Don't let the devil, don't believe his lies and his, you know, uh, 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 wicked schemes to, to take you off. Don't listen to that because you stay over here in my love. Then he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. Now, right there, we always just kind of like, Depending on what type of personality you are and what you've been through in life, we tend to just run off the rails right here. Because you say, well, that's it. I can't keep his commandments. I keep doing it. Oh, my God. I'm trying, but I want to do it. And then you just fall off and fall into the realms of the devil eating and feeding upon your flesh at all times, and you just get duped. Look at the person beside you and say, duped. That's what he does, you know. He just comes in there and feeds you a line that's not true, but it seems like it's true, or it could possibly be true, or there's just enough element of truth in it that, oh my, what if? And then you go over to that realm, and then once you're in that realm, then you're, you, you, you tumble down the mountain. Okay, so I got three things here to know if you're, if you're abiding in him. Now, when the Holy Ghost told me these and I wrote them down, I was kind of like, I don't know if I even agree with you on that, Lord, but I see his wisdom. Number one, I, it's a question to you. You don't have to raise your hand or say anything. Do you struggle with your actions? 
Do you ever question yourself? Oh, that, I shouldn't have done that. Or I don't think God was pleased with that. Or I, I, I should be better here. Do you, do you struggle with your actions? If you do, that's one of the three signs that you're abiding in God. Because see, folks, if you ever get to thinking about this, this is what's so funny about the devil. He tries to get you convinced that God's not with you. But then most of the time, if you think about it, if your heart's right, you want to do right. If you're struggling with your actions, well, that means you are abiding in God to the point that you're convicted. If you don't have any problem with your actions and you say, well, they can just, man, God can just get over it. Then, who? wait, wait a minute. You're scaring me here. Right? The second one would be, is there a desire inside your heart to please him, to please God? Do you want to please your heavenly father? All right? If you want to please your heavenly father, that's what your goal is. Well, then wait a minute. You're abiding with him because even if you think you're failing, you're still wanting to. So you hearing what I'm saying here? You say, well, that doesn't make any sense, Pastor. That's too easy. It's all negative. No, it's not. It really is positive. If you're struggling with your actions and you're desiring to please him, whether you, whether you think you are or not, you're at least having conviction and the Spirit of God is working with you. The third one would be, do you desire to be with him? Do you desire to spend time with God? If you have those three things even going on in your life, I want to tell you something. You're abiding with God. You may be in the negative field of abiding with God, but you're still abiding with him. You're there around him. You're wanting him to influence your life. You're wanting him to speak to your life. You're wanting him to give you direction in your life. He, you're wanting him to help you get out of wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Hello? That takes abiding, but let me just show you now how you do it. Okay. He said in the last part of 15 there, it says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. Jesus said he abided in the love of God by keeping the commandments of God. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus just made the statement, I, abided, I abide in the love of my Father because I keep his commandments. Let me show you a few examples. Go to uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Jesus, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, did Jesus just make that up? Actually, that's a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. What Jesus did is Jesus took the Word of God. Where did he get the Word of God? He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have a Bible like this. They had the scrolls from all the prophets, all written down from Moses and the prophets. They had, the, had them in scrolls. So the only way Jesus could have known that is somewhere along the line, he unrolled the scroll and read the Word and got the Word. So when the devil came to him, immediately... What Jesus does is he just goes through the scripture and quotes Deuteronomy 8.3. And said, here, I'm, I, I'm loved by my Father. I'm loved by my Father. This is what his word says. Because I abide in the love of God. Because I keep his commandments. How do I keep his commandments? I know what they are. So he says, here you go. Chew on this, Mr. Devil. Deuteronomy 8.3. So then, and then the devil took him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said in him, this authority I will give you and, and all the glory for it's been delivered unto me and I'll give it unto whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered, said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Deuteronomy, that's Deuteronomy 6.13. Jesus again pulls out another word, pulls out another scripture. Pulls out a scripture he's memorized. It's committed to his heart of what God said about him. And he defeats the devil with it. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but I think there's a real learning uh, curve here. Because if Jesus 
defeats the devil. Jesus, the Son of God, defeats the prince of darkness with the word, by quoting the word, then I think that means we, little sons of God, should be defeating the demonic things that come about us in life with the word. Because if you're in the word, Jesus says, then you're keeping my father's commandments, you're abiding in me, and then whatever you say happens. My point is here, I'm going to tell you the point, then I'm going to go on. The point is here that I'm trying to drive home to y'all today that just, it, to me, is eye-opening, is that we make it too complicated. But the bottom line is if God sent the Holy Spirit into us and, the, and, and we're supposed to be walking in love and Jesus says, just abide in my Father's love, abide in my love and my Father's love, how are we going to do that? The only way we can do that is in the Word and by the power of the Holy Ghost. So when you already have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you read your Bible and you find a word that then defeats the enemy or counters the enemy, you did exactly what Jesus did. And folks, if anybody abided in the love of God, Jesus did. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, God, he'll do whatever. I don't know that we need to memorize the word, Pastor. It seems like it's very difficult. I really enjoy watching TV at night, and I don't really... Uh, popcorn gets in my Bible when I'm trying to read, and I need both hands. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I went to Royal Rangers and we did sword drills. And I remember some of those scriptures then. But what about today? Now, see, listen to me. Uh, uh, let, let, me just, let me just back up for a second. If you don't have any problems in life, if everything is great, you're the, you're, you're, you've got health like Adam and, and, and your wife is like Eve and y'all are in the garden with God and, and everything is glory and you don't have any issues, any problems, and you're not wrestling with anything in life besides being demented. <laughs> then you don't need to apply this. But for the rest of us in this world that are struggling through this world, being attacked, having fiery darts thrown at us, trying to overcome problems, worms in our heads, issues, this, that, or the other, trying to just live. I don't care if even if you say, well, look, I've got most everything under control. Well, then you should be a bigger giver, should be stretching yourself, because if you've gotten to a place of complacency, uh, watch out. That's a dangerous place. You should be growing more. You should be talking to more people about Jesus. You should be giving more. You should be doing more. Come on. Hello? So, so for the rest of us in this world that are struggling through life with issues and problems and worries and fears, I'm showing you how to defeat them right now. The only way to defeat those worries and fears are to abide in God's love. Now, you've already got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. If you're going to abide in his love, he said, then you know what? Anything you ask is happens. But how are you going to abide in the love? Jesus said, oh, I, I just keep his commandments, my father's commandments. That's how I abide in the love of God. So he told us the answer. So we see him using it here. Devil says something, boom, pops him in the lips with the word. Right? So then he goes on. Uh, he tries him one more time. said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, you shall give his angels charge over to keep you and, and to bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the sun. The devil himself quotes the word to Jesus. He quotes Psalms 91.11. The devil. The devil uses the word. Why? Because he knows it works. Listen to me, folks. The devil is not an idiot. He's been around forever. And he knows the word works. So now he's going to throw the word at Jesus. He's going to try to get it twisted up. He's going to take the word of God, try to twist the word of God into such a way that Jesus would say, Oh, that is right. Maybe I will jump off the temple. You see? That's what he's trying to do. So Jesus answered and said, Oh, man, it's been said that you, you do not tempt the Lord your God. So he goes back with Deuteronomy 6.16. 6, 6, 6, and then the devil 
gave up. He said it ended for that hour. But this is the way he operated. What I'm trying to show you is why did he operate? He didn't operate like that because, well, brother, the word works. You need to go out and speak the word. No, wait a minute. When you walk in the word, that keeps you abiding in the word. When you start walking with and reading your word and, and, and getting the word down on the inside of you, that's how you abide in God. And when you abide in God, then he's feeding you all the time. Words to you. He's feeding you. You're seeing the word. It's coming alive because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The ability to look at the word and it doesn't mean anything. See, listen to me. I've heard Christians say before, well, you know, I tried to read the word, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you're just not reading it right. Listen to what I'm saying. You're not reading it right. You're reading it with a religious mind. Quit reading it with a religious mind and start reading it with a Holy Spirit mind. Sit down, open up your Bible, say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to read. You know me, not too smart. Help me. You used a donkey. You can use me. <laughs> Speak to me, Lord. See me, folks, listen to me. You got to understand something. There is no religious prayer life in me. I don't send that, oh, Heavenly Father, thou who sittest upon the starry sky. Oh, great one. No, that is not how I talk to God. I'm like, Holy Ghost, I'm an idiot. Show me what I need to see here because I don't see anything. I walk out every morning. Y'all heard me say this. I walk out every morning. I feed the deer. When I turn around, I'm looking back this direction. I see the mountains. It's a pretty little scene there. I say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. How y'all doing today? And that's how I start my day. Go back in, get my Bible out, and say, what are we going to see this morning, Holy Ghost? Show me what to, what's going on here. I mean, I get off into some wild, crazy things just reading my Bible because I, I see things. Like the other day, I, just started, I, was, I was finishing up one of the Gospels, and I was reading about the resurrection of Jesus, and I thought, hmm. You know, come to think about it, I want to do me. Where's all this Old Testament studies, uh, scriptures about the resurrection? And so I would spend... Another couple of hours through that day, I didn't do it all at one time, but through that day, sitting down just looking, going in and reading Old Testament scriptures about the resurrection. Didn't have anything to do with nothing. I mean, I wasn't trying to get resurrected. <laughs> I just wanted to know. And the Holy Ghost took me all over and showed me some things. And I mean, it was just great. I just spent my whole time, with the, I just spent the, right here in the Word. Because if you're in the Word, you're abiding in His love. Because you're keeping His commandments. It, it's, like, it's like I can't really tell you, I can't explain it to you exactly how it works. But I'm just telling you, if the Holy Ghost is in you and you go in here, there's a connection. It connects. You make the contact and then something's going to happen. But if your devil's got your tail twisted. OK. To where you're too worried, too fretting, too upset, too biting your fingernails, too wringing, much wringing your hands that you don't even have time to think about the word because you're spending all of your time worrying then I can tell you, we got to get your tail untwisted. Because you're not going to find the answer. I have never, ever found the answer worrying. I would like to hear a testimony, if you've got one here, about the power of worrying. That how many of you in here have spent a sleepless night chewing your fingernails off worrying, and the next morning, because you worried all night, victory came. Anybody got that one? I mean, I want to hear it. I'm not talking about you prayed all night and then the morning victory came. I'm talking about you worried all night. Worry don't get you nothing but an upset stomach and make you grumpy. Am I right? So then why do we do it? Why do we worry? I'll tell you why we worry. Because we don't believe God loves us. The bottom line, we're not settled in our hearts that God loves us. We think that the only way we're going to be loved by God is if we perform. Now, folks, listen to me. I'm the preacher. All right? I'm not the one who perfectly lives this. I am the preacher. I'm not a hypocrite. If I worry, I'm just the preacher. But I'm telling y'all, I get hit with things that make my knees weak. 
And worry wants to set in. And I want to, the natural response is I want to worry. Oh my God, how's this? Holy cow, what are we going to do? And then, you know, I worry. Listen, just, just I'll be honest with y'all. I don't care that y'all think I, you know, because if y'all think I'm like got it all together, you're greatly deceived. <laughs> all right? I'm hanging on by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin, walking in the things of God all my life. And this is just, but I'm just teaching y'all how I learn. And so well, I'll be, I get worried and I worry until the point of then I get mad. And then I start into the mode of complaining. There's another word for it, but I'm cleaning my messages up. <laughs> and then I start complaining and then I complain. Why is this going on? And then all of a sudden, one, at one moment, my ear will hear myself. And I'll stop right at that moment. I will repent. I say, God, I am absolutely so. What in the world's wrong with me? How did you get me over this devil? He just poked me, pushed me enough, kind of deceived me, lured me with the smell. Ooh, come on, worry. <laughs> right? Lured me over there, the smell of worry. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go over there, and then I'll start worrying, and then I catch myself, and, I, and then I start to repent. So, Father, forgive me. What have I done? What does your word say? What do I do? Go back to abiding in the word. Lord, what does your word say about this? And then I get the word out. I have just word, 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 word. I have word documents all over in my phone, just words, word, 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 that I've copied out of the Bible and put in here. And then I just start. I start doing it like this. See? Well, I don't do it without my glasses. Oh, I start reading it like this, Isaiah 41.10. Lord, your word says in Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Woo, Lord, I think you're with me. Be not dismayed. I was getting dismayed, Lord. Are you following me? I was dismayed. I was dismayed. I don't even really know what dismayed is, but bless God, I was dismayed, Lord. I mean, I was plumb hoodwinked, man. I was blinded. I just got this one over there, Lord. This one over to gripping, complaining. But it says, hey, don't be dismayed. Okay, I'm not going to be dismayed anymore, Lord. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God, I thank you. You got me. I thank you. You got my hand. I thank you. You're holding me. See, th folks, this is abiding. And you can do this because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to make the divine connection. But if you don't abide in him, then the words don't have any effect. Because words of worry do not bring the power of God. Only words of the word and faith. And then I go on. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed of disgrace. Oh, yeah, get them, God. <laughs> and they shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. Whoa, go. That's all on you, Lord. Just get them. And you shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you and those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying, Fear not, I'll help you. That's what the Word says. That's what you've got to abide in. You know the little picture that they always had? I don't know when it came out in the 70s, 80s with a cat hanging on. It says, Hang on there, you know, the little kitty hanging there. That's not what you need to abide in. Like you're just hanging on. Like you're going to fall any minute and crash to the ground. No, what you got to abide in is the word, the truth of the word. The moment you do it, there's a supernatural event that takes place when you do that, which causes, which is called abiding in his word and boom, pa, victory becomes yours. You say, how did that happen? Because you abided in him and the love of God came in you. That's what Jesus did. So why wouldn't we be doing it? So he says in John 15, 11, let me go back there. I'll wrap this up. John 15, 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Do you know, you see that he wants you to be a happy Christian. Happiness goes along with abiding in the love of God. And when you know that God loves you and it's real to you on the inside and you abide in his love, then joy is yours. 
No matter what's going on around you, joy does not come from everything in your life being perfect. You know, there's times in life I think, you know, like I, 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 I have a big imagination. And like I think about, well, man, if I had just been born, you know, I could have been one of David's mighty men. You know, basically just take a sword and go around cutting anybody's head off who disagrees with you. But there would have been something wrong. Your horse would have come up lame or sword would have, your favorite sword would have broken battle or somebody would have got a lucky shot off with an arrow and you'd had to get healed on that. Or You know what I'm saying? There would have been something going on. There's no place you're ever going to live that it's all just perfect. It's how you face and handle those situations in life at that moment that's going to bring victory to you. When it rises up, to say, oh, you want some of me, buddy? You come to the wrong place. I got some word for you. You want a piece of me? Tear off a piece of this word. You follow me? This is the way you have to be in life. And you say, well, I, I tried once. Didn't see anything happen. You didn't try hard enough. And what good does it do to worry and be fretting and chewing your fingers off? See, if anybody can prove to me worry and helped you, well, then well, let's start the church of eternal worry. <laughs> right? So the church of eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. I had to go to that one before I just go to the church of worry. Right? And now we'll have brother so-and-so come up and whine for us. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. I'm going off in the church of worry here. I'm just... <laughs> As he comes in, dun, 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 dun. That's the entrance music. The church of worry. That's not us. We're supposed to be full of love and joy. We're supposed to be people that are positive because they know that our, our God has us. And the only way you're going to do that, folks, is right here. Called the B-I-B-L-E. It's all condensed, made easy. Baptists been screaming it for years. Methodists been screaming it for years. Everybody's been screaming it for years. Need to learn the word to read the Bible, learn the word. But the problem is, I don't think we've tied this in. That there's a spiritual connection that takes place when you're full of the Holy Ghost, reading the word, you're abiding in his love, and then his joy becomes yours. Last scripture, John 17, 26, Jesus' prayer in the garden. He says, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Folks, this to me. How much does God love you? Jesus said the same love that God the Father had for Jesus is the same love that he has for you. There's no difference. Mm. That's love. Some of y'all have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it again. One day, used to be when the, there was a double-wide trailer house sitting over in the parking lot, and that was the church parsonage, and we were there. And I was sitting there, I came in to eat a sandwich. And I was sitting there and eat a sandwich, and Bonanza was on. And uh, flipped over there and started watching Bonanza. And it was an episode where, I don't know if you ever were a Bonanza follower, but there was a, a young red-headed boy that, that, that Ben adopted. His name was Jamie. And they adopted him. And uh, so they were going to town to fill out the adoption papers. And so I'm sitting here eating a sandwich on the couch watching Bonanza. And they're riding in the buggy. And Jamie says to Ben, says, you know, I know that you, you can't ever love me as much as you love your natural sons. And I know that, you know, I'll never be as good as they are, but thank you for adopting me. And he just, Ben just, whoa, pulled up the buggy. And looked over at him, and he said, Jamie, you're not understanding. My natural boys, they came, yes, through my wife, and they came into this world, but I had no choice for them. 
had no choice whether they were to be a boy or a girl or what they would look like. But you, I'm looking at, I see you, and I choose you. And the moment he said that, boy, I'm just eating a sandwich crying. <laughs> Tears coming down my eyes because the scripture came to me in John 15. Jesus says, man, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Folks, I want you to know this morning, God has chosen you. He's chosen to love you. He's chosen to love you through Jesus. You are important. You are amazing. He wants to have a relationship and fellowship with you, and he's going to be able to do that when you keep the connection in the Word. Without the connection of the Word, you're on your own, left to worry. In the Word, the connection's made between heaven and you. It's like the, it's like the fuse that gets inserted in that makes the connection work. It's the circuit breaker that gets turned on, that gets the connection going from you to heaven. Without it, you don't have anything. But he chose you to have fellowship with you and to love you. Amen? So put your Bibles up and stand to your feet if you would. Sweetie, come play something for me. For you out there listening and watching today, I just want you to understand God loves you so much. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going through on in your life. I can't be there to personally to touch each and every one of you, but Jesus can, and the power of his Holy Spirit can. So if you'll call upon Jesus, the Bible says you will be saved. He also says if you call upon him, he'll answer. So if you're out there today and you need Jesus in your life, just pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. Invite him in, and he'll be there. If you're in here, church, listen to me. I don't know what's going on in life. Matter of fact, let me have my prayer team come down. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. You may be gripped with fear right now of, of a bad report. Doctors may have given you a bad report. A, a business decision may be a bad report. Something may be going on in life that has gripped you. Well, that's what prayer is about. And I can tell you if, you, if you want prayer, we're here for you. And we'll pray with you. And the power of God will knock that fear off of you. But then you're going to have to start abiding in the Word. Hello? But if you need prayer, we're here for you. Jesus is the answer. Now everybody say this with me. Say, I'm chosen. Look at the person beside you and say, you're chosen. Now, do you believe it? Hear me this morning. Do you believe God loves you just as you are? A smelly fish. A stinky sheep. Now, I keep, I keep just hearing this going over in my head, so I just think it's for somebody in here. That you, you want what I'm saying, but... The devil has really kind of twisted your tail because you think that events wouldn't have happened in your life if God would have loved you. That you've been sold that bill of goods. You've been sold that bill of goods. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you've bought a lie, but you need the truth. The truth is God absolutely, unconditionally loves you. And you need to grab hold of it. So I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if that's you, then grab hold of that. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray over this congregation. I pray over those listening and watching. That those that have been trapped in that lie, that God, you, you must not love them because you wouldn't have let this happen. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the situations, but I know what your word says. Your word says you loved us so much you went to the cross and died for us. And I believe that's true. So I pray right now, Lord, that we can be set free from the lies of the enemy. The lies that have kept us from the truth that you love us. That right now that will be broken. And that, Lord, that your power will come down into their lives and set them free. 
that by faith we reach out right now and believe that their word is true, that you chose us. You chose us in Christ Jesus even before this world was. And Lord, I declare your love breaks off those lies right now and sets us free. Sets us free. No more lies. No more yokes. Freedom, Lord. Freedom. Now take the hand of that person beside you because I want you to be in agreement over this. You're the, you're the agreement for the person on your left and your right right now. So Father, I declare to that person on our left and our right that Lord, we're, we're in agreement here that we're going to walk in the love of God. We're in agreement here, Lord, that we're going to walk in your love. We're standing in agreement with that person on our left and our right. That they will walk in the love of God, that the love of God will heal them, that you will set them free. So, Lord, I thank you for it. Let us be lights as we go out into this world. And to be able to tell others, Lord, of your great, great love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're up here to pray with you if you want. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.